Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. I oversee the young adults here, and I'm really excited. We are starting a new series tonight. Who was here last week? Yeah? How did you guys like the panel thing we did? Was it cool? Yeah? Yes. Okay. And I still have a lot of the questions, and so we might bring them up and, and, you know, and kind of maybe ask them every once in a while, pull them up if we have time, and kind of still cover them. But if you have questions like that, always write them down, give them to us, and we would love to take time to answer them. But we wanted time where you could hear from all of our other leaders here and get some awesome feedback. So you guys felt like you got something good out of it? Cool. Get for free. Yes, it was for free. (laughs) What's up? Free therapy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. So anyway, tonight we are going to start. Uh, I'm not sure how long it's going to be. It might be a little mini series. It might go on for a little while. Uh, but we are starting a series called Powerful. Everyone say powerful. Yes. Okay. So guys, I'm going to first tell you when I was young, I was not powerful. I was as powerless as you could probably be. I was scared of everything. Like seriously, everything. The first verse I ever memorized was the one in Matthew where it says, don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Because my mom would tell me that every day because I'd be scared of everything, right? I remember being afraid of the dark, but that's a given. That's an easy one. Everyone's afraid of the dark when they're little, I think, right? Am I the only one? Okay. I'm like, right? Okay. So afraid of the hall, uh, hallways, long hallways, because I saw this movie called Signs when I was way too young, and basically an alien walks by the hallway, and from that, in my door, my, my room, my bed, it was the door, and then perfectly the hallway, and I'd lay there in bed and just stare, like waiting for this alien to walk by. It was the worst, man. It was the worst. And that was the moment aliens became my greatest illogical fear, all right? So I was afraid of under the bed, right? I was afraid, I remember I was afraid to stick I'd get, I'd get underneath my covers. I was afraid to stick my feet straight out because I was convinced these animals or creatures lived under my blankets at the bottom of my bed. And then if I put my, so I would sleep like this, like with my feet up, like, cause I was afraid if I put my feet down, they'd grab my feet, right? I totally remember that as a little kid. I remember being terrified of the shower curtain. I'd walk in the bathroom. Anyone else? Anyone? Okay. All right. I'd walk in the bathroom immediately, like the door wind makes the shower curtain move and you're like, someone's there. Right? And you see it, and then, like, and then you do the whole thing where you, you're like, I'm not gonna go to the bathroom because then he's gonna kill me when I at least, ex- like, I'm totally vulnerable, right? I'm not gonna be able to defend myself. So you just, okay. And then you, okay, all right. You leave it open just to make sure because if you close it, he might come back, right? And so, or oh, the reverse, I would be taking a shower and somehow he, per- whoever it was, perfectly timed it as I'm getting in, he's getting out. Now there's something outside of the shower, right? So I'd be taking a shower and I'd be like, Right, and then my parents were like, "All right, all right, this is this is crazy. Why don't you shower in our room? That way, you have the glass, you know, and you can see." And I'm like, "No!" I was so scared. I'm like, "They're gonna see me. Like, I can't shower there, right?" So it was just a lose across the board, right? And basically, I remember being afraid of camping. I didn't want to lay on the ground because a spider would get in my ear and eat my brain. Like that's what I was convinced of. Like I had the most illogical fears, right, as a little kid. But then I became a teenager, 
And my logical fears turn more so into fears of girls, right? Or, or, or fears of, that's more logical, right? No. And, and basically, I remember being afraid to talk to girls and yet at the same time somehow simultaneously afraid of being alone forever, you know, and not being able to talk to women. It was like this weird, like, I'm going to talk to you because I don't want to be alone, but this is the worst thing in my life, right? It's like how I felt, right? And I remember uh, basically being afraid of not having any friends, but then also being afraid to get out there and make friends. It was this once again, this catch-22, right? And, and I remember uh, uh, still being afraid of hallways, right, because of that stupid oh, science yeah. movie. I Oh, oh, I hate that. I hate that movie. Okay. Anyway, I got older, and really it became much more emotional things. I became afraid of rejection, right? Afraid of opening up to people. Afraid of letting myself uh, feel, really, letting myself feel deeply, letting myself laugh. I remember like being so subconscious or self-conscious about my laugh. You know, I didn't want to laugh too weirdly or something, right? <laughs> right? And, and I remember being afraid to let myself feel afraid to connect. And yet the one thing I wanted more than anything was connection, right? And, and I remember feeling like a victim of everything. And I was completely a powerless person. And honestly, we live, and I, I think we live in really a powerless Society. I'm going to define it more later, but really, we live in a place where everyone tends to try to get the 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 blame, I guess, or the criticism, or the uh, whatever it is, the problem off of me and onto somebody else. Everyone tries to be like, "But it's their fault," or "But they did it," or "They made me do it," or "Well, it's not, it's not me, right?" Someone says, uh, "Like," and, and I see this all the time. It's it's hilarious how people. Have you ever seen that weird competition of like who has the worst life? You know, it's like I feel, I feel like you say to your buddy, "I feel sick," and they're like, "I feel really sick." Too, you know, and you're like, I feel, I was like, my stomach hurts. Like, dude, my whole body hurts, right? It's like this weird, like, one up in each other and like, who has the worst life right now? You're like, oh man, my boss was mean to me. My boss is horrible, right? And it becomes this weird, like, competition thing. Have you guys ever seen this before? Yeah, yeah, I've had times where that I, I say, I confide in someone, dude, I just, I had a hard day. And rather than being like, oh, what's going on? They're like, I know. I had the worst day you wouldn't imagine. And you're like, all right, now I'm going to, I guess I'll come for you because you're not going <laughs> to, like, I'm just going to end this competition. You win what happened on your day, you know, kind of a thing, right? Because we live in this powerless society where it's all about me being the victim, me having like all the issues, right? And me not being able to take any responsibility for my life and really blaming everyone else for, for not pursuing me or, or not doing what I wanted them to do, right? Come on, have we seen this before? And so tonight, what I want to talk about to kick off this powerful series is to talk about being a powerful person. You So everyone say this, say, I am a powerful person. Come on. So what is, what do I mean when I say a powerful person? Okay, so a powerful person is one that they don't just react to a situation. They, they don't see themselves as the victim. Have you seen that where, where it's like this person or even maybe sometimes it's me. I all, 
always see like I am the victim of the situation, right? It was not my fault, right? Or, or, or you see someone else like that, but it, a powerful person is not a victim. There's someone who they know their worth, they know their value, they know who they are in the Lord, and they walk in a lifestyle to establish God's truth in their lives. And my first point tonight is basically powerful people are able to control themselves. Come on, because powerless people are like, he made me do it, right? It's, it's taking this blame and it's saying, no, 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 it's, it's their fault. It's on them, right? And it's because of that guy or because of his opinion. He's the reason I'm so angry. When it's like, no, 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 you have control over yourself, right? This is a powerful person. Danny Silk, he's the one who really coined this phrase, powerful person. He wrote a book that's just incredible, changing lives. He wrote this. He wrote, powerful people do not try to control other people. They know it doesn't work and that it's not their job. Their job is to control themselves. You see, a powerful person has an attitude and a mindset that says, I'm in control myself. I'm in control of my feelings. I'm responsible for myself. I always have a choice. Whereas powerless people are saying, you took my choice away from me. I don't have a choice. You know, because of you, my choice is gone. And you say, stop, wait, you're powerful. What are you going to choose to do right now? Okay, so a powerful person is not manipulated by their own or other people's fears, anxieties, or, or insecurities. There's times in my life that insecurity will come up. There's someone behind the shower curtain right now. <laughs> like, no, but there, there's, there's an insecurity, maybe more an emotional one. That person, they're going to reject me. That person's going to hurt me. That person is, I don't know, they're, they're like threatening to me, right? And I have a choice to now start saying, because of that, I'm not going to be their friend because of who they are. Or I have a choice to be like, no, 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 I actually am in control of this insecurity. I am not listening to that. I am stepping out, and I'm going to refuse to be rejected, right? So do you see how, how you can choose to say, no, I'm powerful. I am not. I am not even subdued by my own fears and my own anxieties, that I'm, I am submitted to what God says it's true. A powerful person isn't worried about missing out. Oh, this is FOMO, fear of missing out. Come on, who's ever struggled with FOMO before? Yeah, yeah, every single person, right? Right? There's one person who did it, and then they're like, oh, no, everyone else does. <laughs> right? I should too. No, no. This is a fear of missing out, right? Where it's like, oh, I really need to stay home and want to stay home, but they're all having fun, right? And, and I want to have fun. And, and my whole day tomorrow will be ruined because I'm going to be tired. But, uh, but, but, but if I'm not with them, then I'm rejected and I need to go be with them to feel better about myself right now, you know? And so, so, so then, so, right, do you see how we do this? And then we live our life jumping from party to party or person to person and we can never slow down and take care of ourselves, right? Because we have a fear of missing out all the time. Powerful person is like, you know what? I know what I need right now. I need to go sleep, <laughs> you know, right? Right? And so a powerful person... Also, they follow through with their yes. Powerful people follow through with their yes because they hold their standard accountable to God, right? And so you are not called to be a powerless victim. 
You are called to be a powerful person, a victor. Can I, how, how do you become a, a victor? How do you get victory? Overcome. Overcome what? Obstacles, opposition. How do you win in a game? You fight. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what gladiators would say, right? <laughs> no, like, like, sorry, or like a game, right? Right? You fight. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Okay, strategy. Yes, but you do things, you do things to overcome the obstacles, overcome the opponent, overcome and become a victor, right? So can you become a victor and have victory if you never have an obstacle? Can you overcome and become a victorious person if you never have an obstacle? Right? So now what's a, what's a victim? Someone who is usually succumbed to a situation. And sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's like it wasn't your fault. Some things happened to you. You know, like there's victims of war. There's victims. And, and I understand that. I'm talking about more this, this mentality of I'm the victim because there was an obstacle and it came against me. So a victim goes under and a victor goes over. Right? So what if sometimes God allows there to be hardships in our life to prove to you that you're actually a victor? What if struggles happen, sometimes God lets them happen so he can show you and the world around you what a victorious person looks like? Right? Right? And how often we, though, rather than getting over, we just over and over and over, why is everything always bad happening to me, right? And we just talk, we have this whole list about all the stuff that we're victims of. And God says, yeah, I'm throwing things, I'm, I'm allowing things to come at you so that you can be a victor and get over it. But you keep submitting, so they just keep coming down the conveyor belt because you're not getting over it, right? Like, like you are a victor. Yeah, yeah, here's another, another opportunity for you to be victorious, right? And so, so tonight, I want to I show the original, uh, I believe, how God created us to be victorious, powerful people, and then a couple strategies on how we can really apply that into our lives, okay? Because this is something, it will change everything in your life, even your basic conversation with people, if you are coming from a powerful mindset of, I am powerful, I am not created to be a victim, right? Jesus took all of that and he overcame and he's in me, which means I overcome. Whatever the outcome today, whatever the obstacle, the outcome is I overcome, right? You have to get stubborn about that. Whatever happens, the outcome is I overcome because Jesus overcomes and him and I are tied together. He's not doing it without me, right? And so here we go. So if, if we want to look at how to be powerful people, let's look at how God originally created us. Genesis 1, verse 28. It says this. It says, and God blessed them, meaning Adam and Eve, okay? And it says, God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Do you have to subdue something that's completely under control? No. So, Right? Go subdue that totally tamed puppy or dog or whatever. Maybe not a puppy because they are wild animals, right? No, like a, like a, you know what I mean? You don't have to subdue something that's totally like 
tame, right? You subdue things that are a little out of control. So from the get-go, God says, you are meant to conquer things, right? And he says, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, God could have done it better on his own. God have could, he could have. He could have subdued the earth way better than me right? He, he, he could have done it perfectly, faster, way better. For some reason, he tells Adam and Eve to do it, right? Why? Because he is actually trying to teach them how to be powerful. He is empowering them. Take responsibility of your own earth. Take responsibility of what I've given you and, you, and figure this out. Subdue it. Take dominion. And notice that God didn't give them every little step of the way. He said, I'll be here with you, right here with you. But he let them use their free will to decide how they wanted to do it, right? He let them decide, well, first we'll do this, and then we'll do this, and then we'll do it. And he's like, okay, that's a great idea. I support you. He didn't say, conquer it. Okay, wait, no, you're doing that wrong. Stop. No, this is how you do it, right? Like, he, did, he gave all the animals to Adam. He says, you name them, right? And he says, birds. And God's like, no, 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 not that, <laughs> right? Oh, uh, right? You know, no, God says, you want to name them birds? Birds it is, right? Like he gave them a powerful choice and he said, here you go. You have your choice and I'm going to let you be you. And I'm proud of that. And yet how many times are we unwilling to give up our tasks in life? How many times are we just say, oh, if you want something right, do it yourself. Yeah, right. How many times are we unwilling to delegate? How many times are we, 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 we won't even let people drive. We sit in the car and we're like, get near the lane, get near the lane, turn, slow down, slow down, right? That was a red light. No, right? Like, no, but there's a, there's a healthy part of that was a red light. But there's a, there's a part that is not allowing the other person to be powerful. Maybe they want to take the route that takes two more extra minutes, right? And I'm sorry it's not the greatest shortcut that you would take, but they're a powerful person. And it's like God says, hey, get me in the car. Take me to Carlsbad, right? And he gives you a command. Let's go over there, right? But he lets you figure out the best way you want to take to get there. He doesn't say, uh, turn left here, get in that lane, slow down, what are you doing? No, no, you were supposed to take that, the freeway, you weren't supposed to take the other one, right? Like, he gives you, he empowers you to make a choice, and then he backs it up. See, uh, God, he doesn't have this insecurity rise up in him if, if you're not doing it his way. He doesn't become insecure if you're not doing, like, exactly how he would do it. And you know, I know that because he set it up in a way where you do it. And as a dad, I'm proud and I'll do it with you. I'm right here when you need me, but I'm so, I'm, I can't wait to see what you come up with, right? This is a powerful dad. God was not fear. He didn't have this fear of missing out. I don't want Adam to get the credit for naming all the animals. Like, I want to be involved, right? No, <laughs> he said, no, be a powerful person. You have this choice. And going down, Genesis 2, verse 15, it says, And the Lord took the man, and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. 
And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden. He didn't say, eat the apple tree. Okay, now eat the pear tree. <laughs> okay, okay, now plant this plant, right? He said, you know what? You have access to all of it. And he says, but of the tree of knowledge, good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. You see, God was not being controlling. He's like, 99% is all yours. Just this one tree don't eat from. So he wasn't being controlling. He wasn't being micromanaging. But he set a boundary. He said, don't eat from this tree because he knew it would sever and break their relationship. And so for the sake of protecting a healthy relationship, he created a boundary, which gave them free will to hurt him or not, right? But he didn't say, I'm going to hide this tree from them so they never hurt me, right? He said, hey, just to let you know, you, the way you could hurt me, it's right there. And you can do it if you want. But I have a boundary around it to protect our relationship. You see, point two is powerful people, they set healthy boundaries. They're not controlling. They're not micromanaging. They're not, do get, get over, get in the next lane. You know, what are you doing, right? No, 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 but they do set healthy boundaries and they hold to their boundaries. Uh, Danny Silk, once again, I'm gonna quote him a lot tonight because he's just the amazing like teacher of this. He says, the more others encounter us honoring the boundaries that we have set for our lives, the more they will know that they can trust us with their lives. If you're not consistent to your own word, why should I trust you with my word? Right? If you say, uh, I'm going to do this, and then you never do it, why, how can I trust you but if you hold to the boundaries that you have and you have healthy boundaries in your life, that makes me say, like, wow, that guy is strong. I see everyone around him go, but, but, come on. And he holds to his boundaries. I can trust that guy, right? Powerful people don't cave. They hold to the healthy boundaries in their lives. I, I'll give you an example. I had, a, I had a situation in my life where I was really being like emotionally abused. There's a person I really love, really care for, and basically uh, they just started verbally, emotionally like attacking me, yelling at me, cursing at me, harassing me, like all this stuff. And it wasn't like a you had a blow up moment and, you know, and then, and, you know, we moved on. It was like every day, like when I would see them, they would start uh, verbally attacking me. And so what I did finally is because a powerful person doesn't just let themselves become a victim. A powerful person doesn't lay down and go, all right, just run me over again, right? You know, right? Back up the car, hit me again, right? No, a powerful person uh, stands up and, and says, yes, you know, turn the other cheek. Like, if I hit you, I'm not, if you hit me, I'm not going to hit you back. I'm going to turn the other cheek. You're allowed to hit me again if you want. But I do have a boundary in my life. Right? I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna strike back at you. And, and so what I did with this person is I said, you know what? Um, and I said, hey, th this conversation has really hit an unhealthy tone. And and really, if you're gonna keep yelling and cursing at me, maybe we should talk another time. And they just blew up. Well, that's because you're just this self-righteous, right? Yelling at me. And I'm just like, hey, you know, this is really unhealthy. 
if, if you keep talking like this, I'm going to have to leave. You know, we can find another time to speak. And they just blew up even louder. I said, okay, I'm going to go now. <laughs> and then they just kept it out, man. I said, okay, I love you. <laughs> right? And I, and I walked away. And I've had times in my life where I held the boundary and I said, if you keep doing this, I'm going to have to leave. And then, and then they keep doing it. And if you let them and you don't leave, you're showing them that your boundary, you have no standards. Like your boundaries can just be run over and who cares? But by actually leaving, you're showing them what healthy confrontation looks like, right? And I saw them again. I talked again. I love them. I didn't just avoid them, you know, but I said, let's talk again. But if it hits a level where one of us starts yelling, the conversation's done, right? And so they have healthy boundaries in their lives. Genesis 3 verse 1, it says, And the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? No, what the devil will try to do is that he will come and he will try to break in, break through your boundaries, break through and get between your relationship with God. He attacks two things, relationship and truth. And so he comes in and he tries to sever the relationship you have with God. And then he tries to twist and try to bring you a different thing that, and try to make you second guess God's truth, right? And, and so what he does is he says, did God really say that, right? And so verse two says, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the trees in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So what he does is he gets in and he says, yeah, that perfect relationship you have with your dad, he's actually lying to you. He's holding out on you. Like FOMO, like he, he's got something better and he's not giving it to you, Right? And this is what he'll do is he'll get in and he'll try to break up your relationship with God by getting you to second guess the relationship or the truth. And, and so this happens so often in our lives when you set a boundary. You'll set a boundary. This happens a lot of times with boyfriend and girlfriend. They set a physical boundary, right? But what will happen is maybe one, because uh, everyone's got different levels or different boundaries or things like that. There's certain things that are very clear in the Bible, you know, like don't have sex until marriage. Why? Because it'll destroy your, your life if you don't, right? It's really meant for, for marriage, right? So there's boundaries like that. But there's other ones where he's not as clear on. And what he does is he convicts different individuals of different boundary levels, okay? And so uh, what, what happens though is in a, a couple, they'll come together and they'll say, hey, this is where my boundary is. And then the other person says theirs. You are called to now honor each other's boundary. And whoever has the lower boundary, that's the one that you go with, okay? The devil will come in and he will now try to break the boundary and he'll say, say like this girl and guy don't have a different, they have different boundaries, okay? And he'll come in and you'll be like, no, that boundary's stupid, who cares, right? And, and then what will happen is the person who doesn't really, that wasn't their boundary, you know, they, they're just kind of doing it for the other, they don't really care. And so they just begin to push through it. And it starts to mess up the relationship. And what happens is it's basically saying, I care more about what I want than your boundary. 
And what it's saying, in the, and this is what the devil did to Eve. He said he tried to get her desire to be greater, her desire for the item to be greater than her desire to honor God's boundary. Right? And so in that relationship, they'll push and say, yeah, but I don't really have that boundary either. And so say the guy's pushing on the girl to like, hey, I don't have that boundary, so let's go further. And now the woman has a choice to either uphold her boundary or to just say, okay, right? And then couples come to me and they say, how come, how come we failed? How come we fell? How come all this stuff? And, it, and it's, well, because you didn't hold yourself in enough like, esteem to hold to your boundary. You let him do that. And you cared more about what you wanted than her boundary which tells me you care more about yourself than honoring her. And this is the same even in marriage. There will be times when there's different boundaries, emotional boundaries, like, hey, can we not talk about that right now, right? And you have a choice to say, I want to talk about it and push through it. Or you have a choice to say, no, actually, I care more about honoring what you need right now than my desires. I'm going to honor your boundary till later, right? And then we can talk about it another time or whatever, right? So, so do you see how this is what happens? The devil is pushing through. And what happens is Adam and Eve, they choose to eat the fruit, okay? And it says, and the eyes of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves to cover themselves up. You see, powerless people, powerless thinking will always try to cover themselves up. So if, I, if I'm powerless and, I, and I'm being a victim, what I'll do is I'll try to be like, no, don't look at my issue. Look at them. No, don't look at me. Don't look how, how messed up I am. Look over at this issue over there. And powerless thinking will try to diverge attention off of my issues onto somebody else or something else. This is what they do. They cover themselves up. And I love, we're going to look at God's reaction, and then we're going to go into small groups. Is that okay? Yeah. You guys doing all right? Yeah? Okay, cool. So this is God's reaction. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees. It says, verse 9, But the Lord called to the man and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Verse 11, God says, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? So God did not come in and start accusing. He didn't walk in. He knew exactly what happened. And yet he came in asking questions and trying to understand, even though he already understood. I think he gave us a model in this moment. He comes in, hey, where are you right now? He didn't come in, boy, you messed up. Get over here. Like, no, no. <laughs> he, he comes in, where'd you go? Connect with me again. And then he says, what happened? Who told you you were naked? And with each question, he's empowering Adam to give an answer and explain why he messed up or how he messed up. He didn't accuse. What will happen is a lot of times powerless mindset will start accusing other people. This is how you feel. You really don't like me. Isn't that true? And then now Patrick has to defend himself. No, I, that's not true at all, right? And, and it accuses. It tells other people, this is how you feel. Or this is what you think. They all hate me. I'm accusing them of a feeling they probably don't even have towards me. 
right? And if they want to be, if they want to be my friends, they have to show me they don't hate me. And it's totally powerless victim mindset that says, I'm assuming how they feel, and then I'm going to project it back at me, right? And God didn't even do that, even though he knew exactly what was going on. He said, what's going on? And this is what Adam says. You guys, I'm sure you all, you know what Adam says. But he says this. He says, it says, the man says, the woman you gave me, she gave me the fruit and I ate it. So God says, did you eat the fruit? And instead of answering his question, he says, well, you gave me her and she messed up. So powerless mentality says, no, 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 no. I, powerless people don't answer your question. <laughs> and then they diverge it to someone else. <laughs> you go to a father. Did you hit your sister? She was being mean. I didn't ask you if she was being mean. Did you hit your sister? She deserved it. Did you hit your sister? Right? She started it. Right? And he's like, no, son, I'm giving you a chance to own up to your mess, to stand up, to be powerful and say, yes, I did. I hit her and I messed up and it was wrong and I'm sorry. And then to walk through those consequences. But powerless mindset says, well, no, 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 they did that. They did it. Like, don't blame me. It's them, right? And this is, and then so God, what he does is he turns to then Eve and he says, says, the Lord God said to the woman, what, what is this thing you have done? And she says, the serpent deceived me. <laughs> so she does the same thing, right? She's like, what the heck, Adam? throw me under the bus. And then she's like, it was him, (laughs) right? And it's like, okay, wait, come on. Yes, the serpent was deceiving, but you chose to say, I don't trust God's word anymore. And I trust what this guy's telling me instead. Be a powerful person. Like stop believing the lies and believe what God says about you is true. Choose to believe. Thank you, David. So how do we stay powerful people? Number one is remember who you are. And number two is to stand in God's word. You have to know God's word if you're going to stand and have healthy boundaries because that's where we get our boundaries is from God's word. Uh, uh, How are you going to know healthy communication unless you see how God communicated with his kids? He tried to understand. He asked them questions. He didn't just come running in, accusing, and shooting from the hip, right? (laughs) Like, he came in, and 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 he said, hey, what's going on? And then when they accused other people, he didn't just say, like, oh, oh, okay. No, he actually said, no, no, there's consequences. Let's clean up this mess together. You're a powerful person. Stand up. Let's do this together. And he challenges us to be powerful people. So this is how we do it. Choose to trust his relationship and trust his word. Those are the two things, man, that will change. If Adam and Eve, if they would have just trusted what God had told them, right, then it would have never happened. But instead, they had a powerless mindset, said, I'm the victim, I'm missing out, he's not giving me enough, a woe is me. And then they, so they crossed the boundary. So we have to choose to be powerful people and take control of ourselves. That was the first one. Choose to be a powerful person and hold healthy boundaries in our life. Choose to be a powerful person and 
try to ask questions and understand the other people. Those are the three points of how to be power, or what a powerful person is, what they do, and then you stand in God's word and you know who he says you are, okay? So what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna kind of break into a time of small groups where we have some questions about really asking the way I communicate with people, am I being powerful? Or do I tend to use the word you a lot? <laughs> you know, asking a question, hey, you wanna hang out? Well, you said you can't. I just asked you if you could, right? Like, hey, Dom, you want to go see that movie? You said you already saw it. So do you see how in these little things, you are not answering the question and you're turning it back to them? And even then, it's a powerless mindset, right? We're not taking people for the questions they have for us. We're reading in to an ulterior motive we think they have, and then we're projecting it back at ourselves, and then we answer like that's what they said, when they didn't say that at all. So we try, we have to understand, okay? So we're gonna challenge you on your communication, challenge you on your heart, challenge you on how, how God sees you, okay? These are gonna be what the questions are, are about. And I wanna uh, encourage you guys to really be open, choose, try to be vulnerable with each other and try to grow and say, God, make me a powerful person, okay? So everyone, just stand up together. Stand up, stretch a little bit. There you go. Everyone, remember I said at the beginning, say this. Say, I, I am powerful. I am a powerful person. And I make powerful choices. Awesome. So, so God, I thank you. As we go into our small group time, uh, God, I ask that you would convict us of the ways that we are believing powerless mindset. But God, I ask that we would open up, that we would have connection with each other, that we would get to know each other, God, and that we would become more like you, Jesus, a powerful person that you, you created us to be. We love you, Lord, and we give you this time. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.